Hey, you found us. It's the Ben and Matt Sportscast. I'm Ben Glicksman alongside my tag team partner, Matt Story. And Matt, it's the best time of year to be an ASU basketball fan. We haven't lost a single game. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, considering our non-conference slate, that stretch might not last that long. I mean, this team has, you know, they start the year snake bitten. Uh, you've got Bobby Hurley having a top recruiting class. It's the first time we've seen one since Kiala King under right. Herb Sendek, and, and that didn't right. go well. But it did Hur- not. No. Hurley brings in three ESPN top players with Sam Cunliffe, Romello White, and Jethro Shisumpa. And I have no yeah. idea if I'm saying that right, and I'm just going to call him Jethro from now we'll on. We'll just go with Jethro for now, yeah. Once we hear his, him play on TV a few times, we might figure that out, but I'm good with Jethro. But immediately we find out that Romello White's academically ineligible. Yeah. So now we're down to just Jethro and Cunliffe, but we signed right. the Spaniard, Ramon Vila, yeah. who I like him because he's from Spain. Now we don't have an Eastern European player, we have a Western European player, and that's a right. big difference for me. Well, and we do, didn't we have... Uh, what was oh, I'm sorry, Vitaly Schibble. Who's Vit- also out for the year. Yeah, 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 another freshman that we lost for the season with injury, I believe. So, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, uh, a five-man class, I guess, that, that is only three this year. See if these guys can give us something later on in their careers. But, yeah, a couple of tough breaks, especially for a team that, you know, didn't have a ton of size as it was to lose to lose two of your, you know, very few big guys. What does help, though, for the Devils, because in addition to the two guys uh, out with injury, they do get two additional guards coming in, the transfers, Torian Graham and Shannon Evans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, you know, it's an, it's an interesting roster because uh, you know like we talked about in the past it you know very big turnover I mean only two guys left that played under Herb Sendek and and that was just two seasons ago I mean uh, you know you see how quickly things can change and we you know when when we got rid of Herb we both agreed I think that you know it was going to take a total rebuild and that's what's going on Um, you know but but you do have some experience you've got two transfers that are eligible and you've got Andre Adams who missed the year last year injured. So, you know, you got, you got a few guys who at least have been around the program. They haven't played, but you'd hope that that experience helps a little bit. Well, let's start with the guards. Um, you're returning Trey Holder who and Cody justice. You have to feel good about both of them. Trey Holder last <laughs> year for much of the season felt like he was carrying this team on his back with very little help. Yeah. You know, Cody Justice apparently is just becoming a better and better outside shooter. And I think what you're going to see is between them and uh, with Evans and Graham, you're, you could see some three or even potentially four guard lineups. I think you're going to have to, yeah. I mean, uh, you know, because of the fact that the front court depth is, to, you know, depth is, is not the right word to use. There is no depth in the front court. So, um, you're, you know, you're going to have to really rely on these guys. And, and they, you know, they're all going to have to – to uh, give you what you expect. I mean, I'd say overall with this team, if this team's going to accomplish anything this year, they can't afford to have, you know, a guy have a season a la what Savon Goodman was last year where, you know, he comes in with a lot of expectations and he had a, an okay season, but he just never got untracked. And if that happens with these guys, you know, it's, it's going to be problematic, just as it was last year with Goodman. We just don't have the depth. We don't have 10 guys that can play. So we're going to need the six or seven guys that, that we expect to be good to be good. Well, we've got two seniors on this team. You've got Graham, the transfer, who had to sit right. out last year. And you've got Obi, Obi Nalaka. Yeah. 
Yeah. And I felt like by the end of last year, he was our best rebounder and our, our most consistent big, if not our if not our most effective big. Yeah, agreed. And I think he's going to be the, you know, I mean, I saw I saw in the scrimmage apparently last week that that Hurley used a lineup where he was essentially the only true big, and I and I think that's a lineup that's probably going to have to work. I mean, there's there's inherent shortcomings in that lineup that go with you know protecting the rim inside and rebounding. But I just think that's the lineup we've got to play because the other bigs are so raw that you can't really expect a lot out of them. If, if maybe one of them will surprise, but you know, I think if you could get eight to ten minutes a game out of Jethro and Andre Adams, you take it, and and the lineup pretty much has to be uh, Obina, Aleka, and, and Cunliffe as your front court guys. And obviously, Cunliffe's not a not a banger. You know, he's a tall enough kid, but he's not a you know get in the paint and you know bang around type of guy. So. Or at least we don't expect that. I well, should say we haven't seen him play. But. Well, let's go with official measurements. Obi is 6'8", 225. Your next biggest guy is Ramon Villa at 6'8", 230. Yeah. Jethro is 6'10", 260. We're going with the official ESPN.com right. measurements. I have no idea if this is true. Okay. But then you're, you're not that far away from the 6'6", 200-pound Sam Cunliffe yeah. at, as the next you know option yeah. down low at the four. Yeah. You really need something out of, you know, one or two of the three guys that have not played. You know, Jethro's a true freshman, Vila's a true freshman, and, and Adams is a redshirt freshman off the injury. You you need one or two of them to surprise. And if and if they do, if you get, you know, if one of those guys can, you know, surprise and, and look like a competent big man to go along with what Oleka gives you, then it's it's passable. You know, I mean, it's it's certainly not like, you know, uh, a, a strength, but that's, you know, you know, it's not going to be a strength. Uh, you, you know, in looking at this team, it kind of, to draw the parallel to football, it's sort of like the football secondary. You know, it's not going to be good. You just have to hope that they can band it together enough to be serviceable. The secondary hasn't been. We'll hope the front court and basketball can be. The flip side of that, though, is you got to be comfortable with the guard play. If you if you flip Cunliffe over and consider him a guard between Holder, yeah. Cunliffe, Graham, Evans, and Justice, yeah. Plus, who knows what you get out of Maurice Ofield, who is one of the true. JUCO players who actually stuck around after last That's season. That's true. That's true. Yeah, yeah, it's a good point. I mean, you know, I I think Trey Holder could be an All Pac Ten candidate. He or All Pac so Twelve candidate. Right. right. I, I think I think so too. Yeah, and and. You know, and Hurley has been, and, and obviously, look, it's it's a coach, and he coached him before, and so he's going to be high on him. But you know, he he says adding Evans is is like adding a McDonald's All American. That needs to be close to true. I mean, and that's kind of what I mean by like guys have to fill the expectations. I'm not asking for you know Trey Holder to be the National Player of the Year, but if if Trey Holder is a, an All Conference type of player, and Shannon Evans is like adding an All American addition. Then, then you know, this team looks like maybe it can accomplish something. What that something is, I don't know. I mean, I'm not saying they're going to go to the Final Four. But, you know, that those are the type of things that they need. They need guys to fill the expectations. Well, and part of this is when you talk about ASU and what the expectations are, unlike with football, with basketball – really the turn every coach i think deserves 4 years in college regardless yes. of you know what you're looking at which sport because you assume they get a full cycle of recruiting mm-hmm. however with the way basketball works now you have the ability to turn it around quickly i don't know if it'll be this year 
And with the injuries and things, it, it certainly looks difficult. But right. you have to believe that if these guys all stick around, the only players who you're sure to lose are mm-hmm. Graham and Oleka, which right. means you'll have seniors with Holder and Justice. You'll have a second year with Cunliffe, who if you if you believe the hype, Cunliffe's the best player we've had come in. in Since Harden. Yeah. And, and yeah. certainly ASU, from a marketing perspective, is putting him front and center on everything, which yes. I've noticed he does a pretty good job of himself on Twitter. Does he? Yeah. <laughs> you know, he puts, well, look, yeah. there's a lot yeah. of, he's a, he's an exciting dunker. It, sure. It's Zach Levine-esque when you watch it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, gonna again, that's another one. We need him to be up to the level of expectation. You know, we need him to, uh, am I saying he needs to be the, you know, the best freshman in the country? No. But we need him to be pretty good. You know, we need him to be a consistent starter uh, and, a, and a guy who is not, you know, he can't, he can't really go through a freshman funk like a lot of kids do. Um, but, you know, we're not going to be able to afford that in all likelihood. He's got to be pretty good the whole way. And I do – I have to say I do trust Hurley. I think that Hurley got a lot out of this team last year, and I expect yeah. that that won't change this year. He, it, it's also one of those things where he's a fiery guy, and after mm-hmm. a decade of Herb Sendek, it, it's nice to have a different temperament on the sidelines, which take nothing away from Herb. He's a good college coach. He got sure. a lot out of players. But sure. You know, Bobby Hurley brings some a, a different element to this team. He brings an excitement, and and that's what this program has desperately needed for so long. I mean, you know, and and look, Herb was. You're right. Herb's a solid basketball coach. Yeah, you know, he's he's not John Wooden, but he's not horrible. You know, he had some success here. He had some success at NC State. Uh, you know, he's a solid coach, uh, but he was boring, and his style of play was boring. And you and I both know in this market, uh, it's, a, it's a congested, crowded market. And the only way ASU basketball will ever pick up any traction is to both be good and be exciting. And we had a couple good seasons with her, but they weren't very exciting. You know, they, they played a slowdown style. They played that zone. Um, you know, but if you can run and gun and you can win – and that, that's, that's a big ask, and I don't think we're at that level yet, but that's the and, – and Hurley gives you that excitement. Now, the coach only goes so far, but it does help to have a guy who is fiery, who is uh, well-known for his playing career. People, people either loved him or hated him, but they know him. They cared about him. That's good. I mean, that's, that's the biggest <coughs> battle for ASU basketball is to get people to care. You know, that's, you know, you've got to become relevant. And then too many times in our years here, they're just irrelevant. And I think the one thing that you talk about with the notoriety that comes with having Bobby Hurley is we will get talked about nationally and we'll be able to recruit nationally. And I think you saw that, you know, Romello White, who's out, he's from Georgia. Right. Cunliffe's from Washington. He, he's pulling from all over. We're not stuck yeah. with, and I and I not to take away from the talent in the Phoenix market because clearly there's sure. a lot of it, between you know, and more coming between Howard and Barcelona right. and Bagley, but right, but, but it's limited. Yeah, I mean it is. There, there's not a ton of depth. There's some better high end players than maybe there used to be. Um, you know, we're seeing more frequently some some solid players, but yeah, it's it's still limited, and and you've got competition. It's not like you get everybody. You know, I mean, the, the elite guys are recruited by Arizona. And then, you know, you got you got guys that are going to Oregon, guys that go to Texas, guys that go to UCLA, you know. I mean, Howard went to Marquette. Uh, right, exactly. You know, so, so you know, look, you're not going to get everybody. So, yeah, you've got to go get 
other players. And, and you know, a name that always comes to mind when we talk about recruiting Phoenix is Taylor Rohde. Taylor mm-hmm. Rohde was a, a serviceable player. Um, I don't want to knock him, but he shouldn't have been a starter or a significant contributor for a Pac-10 slash 12 school. Um, he's, a, he's a nice kid. Decent player had a good career. I think we transferred to a to a D two school. I believe was it nice, uh, nice Alaska run. Anchorage? I believe it was. Yeah, yeah. You know, and that's that's what he should have been. Um, but when you're recruiting, you know, when you're stuck taking just the kind of the leftovers from the Phoenix area, that's the type of player you get. And quite honestly, you're just not going to win that much with that type of player playing a big role. Now, if he's your walk on thirteenth guy, okay. But if he's your sixth or seventh man as he was, that's not good. Well, and it, and it also comes down to you have to be right. If you're going to roll the dice on the number two or three prospect in Arizona, yeah, you need it to be Ty Abbott. Sure, sure. You know? Agreed. You, yeah, yeah. You know, so, so yeah, I mean, I, I think, uh, I think we're, we're hopefully pointed in the right direction. Um, but I will say, and I don't, I don't know what you think, like I don't necessarily want to put – I don't have an expectation on this season. I don't want to say they need to win X number of games or they need to finish in this spot in the conference or, or they need to make the tournament or make the NIT. Like, I just don't know. I, I, I'm not sure what to expect from this team. I'm not sure what to expect from the other teams around. Um, you know, our non-conference schedule looks tough. Will it prove to be as tough as we think? Don't know. You know, so I, I don't want to say, well, they need to win this number of games because the schedule might be tougher than I think, and then they might be good but not good enough to win those games. What I think you need to look at this season is, are we competitive and are we maturing? And, and, yes. and by maturing, I don't just mean are our players getting older, but I mean Bobby Hurley now Now it's a lot of turnover. The only two guys, as you sure. said, from the Sendek era are Justice and Holder, and he right. has raved about both of them. Yes. So yes. you have to believe that this team is now in the mold that he wants. Now he Getting probably closer. he wasn't yeah. probably expecting the injuries to the bigs that he suffered. Sure, sure. But you know, are we? What kind of style when he has his guys? Are we playing? I, I think this team lends itself to the old St. Joe's or the Villanova yeah. style, where mm-hmm. you play four guards who are basically interchangeable. Right. And then a big, and you hope that your guards crash the boards, and maybe yeah. you don't have a lot of runouts because you've got a bunch of guards crashing the boards. Right. Right. But you and don't, you know, but you don't allow multiple chances and offensive rebounds. Sure. Sure. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I mean, I, I think I think that's that's absolutely correct. That you know we're going to have to be a guard-driven team. They're going to have to carry the load. We're going to have to shoot well. You know, we're gonna, and, and hopefully that's something that will have improved from last year. We were not a good shooting team from the outside last year. Um, we're going to need that, and hopefully with Cody Justice and Cunliffe and you know some guys who are either improving or guys who are new, um, that that will will you know see progress. Um, uh, you know, and look, we're gonna gonna have shortcomings in defense and rebounding. We just are, and it's just a matter of trying to work around those as best as possible. You know, it's it's not going to be a shutdown defensive unit that blocks a ton of shots. We just don't have the guys to do it. It's also not going to be a dominant rebounding team. But if we can just sort of go 50-50 on those areas and then be good in the other areas, then we'll see. You know, I, I think that's I think that's exactly though kind of what I'm what I'm thinking is like 
I don't quite know what's going to be successful for this season until it's over. And then, and then it'll be easier to look and say, okay, I think we achieved what we should have achieved or not. But right now, I, just, I can't really put a bar out there. I mean, it's going to be interesting, and, and you have to take it with a grain of salt, especially with the non-conference schedule. Like you said, that, that at least at the outset is shaping up to be tough. Yeah. I mean, you know, just looking at some games, Northern Iowa on ESPNU, that, yeah. you know, that's a team that could make the postseason. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Then I mean, you travel neutral site Kentucky, that's not easy. Mm-hmm. Neutral site no. Purdue, that's not easy. No, no, no. <laughs> I mean, there are some that you could just chalk up as losses. I mean, Kentucky is, you know, one of those that unless uh, you get a whole bunch of, of breaks and amazing occurrences and guys playing out of their mind, you're going to lose that game. Um, Purdue is a, is a good program, good team, probably going to lose that game. Uh, you know, Creighton. There, there's, there's Creighton. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's good teams on the schedule and you know, the, the weird thing about last year was we had a pretty challenging non-conference schedule. We, we went through it pretty successfully. I think went 10 and three. And then in the conference, the, you know, we just couldn't carry over. Um, and I don't know if that was attributable to just, you know, I, I guess my guess is that's, um, you know, we, we played 13 games so the conference teams can scout what we did and what we didn't do well, and they took advantage of it. Uh, you know, to me, that just is the only thing that makes sense because it wasn't like the Pac-12 was that difficult of a conference for us to, to really fall off the cliff like we did. Um, but, you know, again, it's, it's, it's changing the culture, and that's not done in one year, you know, uh, to, to cross – Sports and what we recently talked about with the Chicago Cubs that took took time. You know, you had to you had to get through some tough times before the culture changed, and we're we're in the midst of those tough times. You know, and, and we just have to hopefully see our way through to the to the light at the end of the tunnel here, whenever it comes. Yeah, and then when you get in the conference season, I, I mean, I guess the one break is we only play the Oregon schools once. It's on the road, but that means we don't have to face Oregon twice. Right, which is probably good. Yeah, I mean, Oregon is the, the preseason favorite, top 10 team in the country, I think. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, you know, if, if they're as good as they're supposed to be, um, then, yeah, that is probably a good break for us. Um, you know, again, I just I don't know what to expect from the conference as a whole if – if at the end of the year the conference has seven teams in the tournament, um, you know, then I could say, well, you know, if we finish in, in the you know nine or ten spot, maybe that's not a terrible result. If they only have three teams in the tournament and we finish nine or ten, then it's frustrating and disappointing. You know, so that that's why I just, you know, with football, I kind of had a a level that I wanted to get to eight wins, and I don't think we're going to get there. But that was kind of a bar that I set. I don't. I don't know that I can set a bar. There's just too much unknown. I, I mean, I think that's fair. The, the team could be anywhere. You know, I wouldn't be surprised. And in fact, I, I sort of expect that they will get up and and get one of these games. You know, Creighton at home. Yeah. Purdue yeah, on a no, neutral I, site. Maybe upset Arizona or UCLA. Something something along those lines. But it, you know, on the flip side. I could see this team dropping a game or two that they shouldn't drop. Probably, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it is It is still in the midst of the rebuild, you know, and I, and I just, I just want to see by the end of the year um, that we've progressed. And again, I don't, what does that mean right now? I'm not sure what it means. But I just hope that in March, when, when the season's over, 
um, that, that we can say, you know, well, okay, we, we gained in this area, that area, you know, we saw growth from these guys. We've got these guys coming back. Um, you know, hopefully we add some decent recruits. I know we got one already for, for next year. That's supposed to be a, a very good player, you know, add a couple more pieces to the puzzle and, and then hopefully you could start thinking, you know, NCAA tournament type of goals. I, I think that's too early this year. Obviously I'd love it, you know, and you never know what can happen. Um, but I, I don't realistically think that's a possibility this season. I will say, though, that with the amount of talent we will have coming back next year and you already have a guy, I mean, sign, the early signing period opens next week. Yeah. You already have a guy who committed who's an ESPN top-rated recruit. Yeah. I would expect that this year you get yourself organized, you get yourself ready, and that next sure. year I, I think it's a fair expectation to be in the top half of the Pac-12 and in the I tournament. would say, yeah, I would say so. I mean, and, and then you throw in that hopefully you get Romello White eligible and playing next year. I mean, he's kind of in the same boat <laughs> Jahi Carson was. He can practice with the team. He just can't play. So, you know, that's that's a bad break for this year. Could prove to be a good break for next year. You know, he gets the practice time. He gets acclimated with what the coaching staff wants. And he's not just a total true freshman next year. He's a guy who's hopefully ready to contribute. You add Lawrence, and, and hopefully you bring all these guys back, Evans and Holder and Justice and Cunliffe, and, and hopefully that's the makings of a, of a tournament-caliber team. You're, you're probably not there yet. Again, hope I'm wrong. You know, I hope in, in February that we're talking tournament possibilities and all of that, I just I don't necessarily think that's a fair expectation for this season. I'm curious to see. I think one of the biggest subplots of the season, and the one that I, I think I'll probably pay most attention to, is what do we do with Jethro? How much does he grow and change? Because everything you're hearing is he's super raw and he can block yeah. shots. And, and I was looking at the secret, not secret, uh, <laughs> scrimmage, and, and he didn't really play. He didn't play much. I don't think he had a single shot attempt. Um, yeah. You know, he, he, he got in, um, but that's it, you know. So, yeah, I, you know, I, I think it's it's probably going to be a haul for him. You know, that he's a guy that you hope by the end of the season has progressed some, and, and yet you might not see that progress. You know, he might be a guy who by the time we get into conference play isn't playing much. If at all, you know, maybe, but, but hopefully in practice and behind the scenes, he's growing and can, can contribute next year. You know, I, I mean, he, he might not be ready for prime time just yet. So, you know, I, I don't want to go with picks. All I will say is there's going to be a lot to watch this season. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. And, and it's, it's nice because as a fan, I think you feel the upswing you feel like we're on the right path. That's all you can hope for right now, exactly, yeah. I mean, you know, you're, you're probably not going to see the results of it this year, but there is there's hope for the future, and, and you just, you know, you just have to be patient. You know, it's not something that's, that's going to happen quickly. Um, there's probably more struggles ahead this year, um, losing streaks and, and ugly performances and things like that, but, you know, those, those are the things that hopefully – uh, you know, build this team into something better. And, and yeah, I mean, that's, that's all you can ask for. And we, we went through a few years there in the later Herb years where you didn't really have much hope for the future or the present this year. At least there's hope for the future, maybe not the present, but the future. Well, we're going to get to find out. We're going to see a lot of how this unfolds in the next few days and weeks. 
Um, and, you know, we're going to update you on games. It's going to be a little different than basketball because there's just a lot more, or a little different with basketball because there's just yes. a lot more games than football. So, right, right. But, but Matt and I will be here with you. And uh, until then, he's Matt. I'm Ben. It's the Ben and Matt Sportscast.